0: We're blessed people, aren't we? Amen. Praise the Lord. Get your Bibles turn to first Peter chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two this morning. Where we'll get right in it for the sake of time. I got a long message and we're we're uh, we're everybody all right? Turn your crock pots up. In fact, I'm gonna tell you this. Let me give you an announcement while you're flipping. First Peter chapter two. There is some food left over. You wanna eat? Just come on back right after the service and come on back and eat with us. Amen. There's some food back there. So so there you go. Don't worry about whatever's gonna get burned in your crock pot at home. Come on back and join us here. Anyway, you're all invited. So first Peter chapter two this morning. First Peter chapter two and and we started last week, with uh, uh, this whole series, we're looking at building up our spiritual house, but last week, we, we first we looked at building up, becoming spiritually mature believers, and then last week we started looking at the building blocks of the church, and we learned some lessons last week as we went. We learned that the, who the cornerstone of the church was, it's Jesus Christ, somebody say amen. He's the founder, he's the originator, and he is the cornerstone. And listen, if the stone is off, the whole house will be off, it all starts begins and ends with Jesus. And we need to understand that this morning. And we learned some truths as we went through that. We learned that he was a supernatural stone. Praise God, he's the living stone. He's alive. And then, then we learned that he was the slightest stone. That uh, Listen, he was disallowed of men. It's a big fancy word for men have rejected him and still reject him today. And, and, but praise God, if you've accepted him, you have the promise of eternal life. And, and we go from uh, that living stone, the supernatural stone. Then we saw he was a slighted stone, or we already mentioned that, but uh, the, the select stone. He was chosen of God. He's precious. How many of you agree he's precious this morning? And he's our mediator. We learned that. There's there's only one one God and one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Christ, Jesus, the Bible tells us. And thank God for that wonderful truth. And then we learned this. that He's also the stumbling stone. Not only does he cause folks to stumble that, that, that don't know Christ as their Savior. And By the way, by nature, the word of God and the gospel is offensive. And we just got to understand that. Uh, when, when I tell you from the word of God that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, if you're not saved, that offends you. People get offended by that. Now, if you get offended at that truth, then, then that's good, because I got saved because I got offended, because I realized I was an offense to a holy God, and I was a sinner who needed to be saved, and, and when I tell you that there's only one way to heaven, Jesus Christ is his name, he's the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by him, that sometimes is offensive to people too, but it's still truth, amen? And listen, we always preach truth. Truth is offensive, but we shouldn't be offensive in how we preach it. Understand the difference. And uh, and, uh, we see that. He's the the stumbling. But he wasn't also the stumbling cornerstone or the stumbling stone uh, for the lost world. The Bible actually tells us he's a stumbling stone also for believers many times. And it tells us why. Because we're disobedient. And I tell you, anytime you have a thought, a belief, a, a feeling, whatever you want to call it, and it contradicts the Bible, he's, you're going to stumble over the truth of the Word of God. And he's the cornerstone. Who's the cornerstone of the church? Jesus. Jesus Jesus and today I want to go a little further I want to look at and I I I couldn't figure out what word I wanted to use and and I think I settled on constituents but I went back and forth from the contents of the church or the constituents of the church I want to look at us amen we looked at Jesus last week this week I want to look at us as as saved believers as part of the church because because when it comes to the church the cornerstone is Jesus but listen we're the construction stones. We're the constituents. He's the founder. We're the ones being found. Amen. He's the he's the author. We're we're the ones getting arranged. He's the foundation. We're the fragments. He's the the master. We're the members. He's the producer. We're the actual production. He's the head. We're the body. He's the chief, and we're the constituents. And let's pick up our reading there. If you'd stand, and, and again, First Peter chapter number two, and we'll read some of the verses we read last week to make sure we got context and. And then last week, we picked out Jesus from these verses. Today, we're going to look at us in the same verses. Again, Ch- first number, number, uh, Peter chapter 2, verse number 4, the Bible says this, To whom coming as unto a lively stone, disallowed, or rejected, that's what that means, indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, now he's talking to us. He just told us about Jesus. Now, he, now Peter's right to us. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, in holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in sign a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth in him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore, now back to us, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, The same is made the head of the corner. He said, what's verse 7 saying? Just simply this. He's Lord and he's Jesus and he's the chief cornerstone whether you believe in him or not. Amen. That's what it's saying. Verse number 8. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. told you that just a moment ago. Whereunto they are appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, back on us again, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Father, for the next few moments as we look at these truths, I pray that you'd help us to see who we are, Lord, in the church. We've looked at our Savior and our Lord and the cornerstone, but today let's look at us, the constituents, Thank God that we get to be a part of what God is doing. Bless now as we learn some crucial facts, some crucial truths that we need to apply to our lives concerning us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As we get looking, I wrote down a few things. Uh, number one, I wrote this down, talking about us, the constituents. Notice, first of all, our pattern. Look with me in verse number five again. The Bible tells us, ye also as lively stones. Now, remember what it called Jesus uh, just a few moments ago. He was our, our chief cornerstone. He was the, the living stone. And, and, and he, we know Jesus is alive. And just like he's alive, we're called lively stones. Now, let me give you a definition. What does lively mean? Let's see if we can get this. What what does that word mean? Guess what it means? It means to live. (laughs) It's a deep one, amen? It means among the living. It means to breathe. And and, and, you know, too many Christians live like they're dead, amen? Y'all do this real quick. I do this every once in a while. Hold that hand right here in front of your mouth. Everybody do it? All right, ready? Exhale. How many of you have felt something? That means you're alive physically. How many have been born again by the grace of God? That I means you're alive spiritually. Hey, we've got to stop living like we're dead and start living like we're alive. We're alive. We're lively stones in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 1, And ye as he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what we were before he made us alive. That's what quicken means. But in verse 5 of Ephesians 2, he tells us, Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together in Christ. By grace are you saved. Praise God if you're saved on your way to heaven. Say, I'm alive. I'm alive, amen, praise God, we are lively stones, quit living like you're dead, amen, thank you Jesus, he made us alive, and you are alive forevermore, life's too short to go through it like you're dead, amen, I mean, there's too many of us doing that, you heard about the, I gotta be careful, I told this, I told this one time like it was a real illustration from a church I was preaching in, and I had some people waiting on me, did they really, really? That was a joke. <laughs> but you heard about the church where that was so dead, didn't you, that a, that a guy had a heart attack right in the middle of the service. They called the rescue squad, kept the service going. The, the, the first responders came in, and they took out three people before they got the right person. Now, I'm telling you, that's a dead church. And listen, life's too short to be dead. We're, we've been saved by the grace of God. Act like we're alive because we are alive. But not only that, he says, oh, we're we lively, but look at the next word. He says, we're lively stones, verse 5 were stones. Now, interesting, that word stones there comes from a different word than what you normally use to translate it to the word stones. This one here actually means this. It means a, a building stone. It means one that's described as, as one that's been quarried or, 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 or dug out of the rocks, if you would, and, and chiseled and shaped and smooth and has a purpose in its life, has a, a place for it. It it's used to describe things like bricks and and marbles and things like that 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 are made for a purpose of building something and so forth. And and God is certainly building something. Isn't it? Amen. He's building his church. That's what he promised he'd do. And, and we're the stones. J- Jesus is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, but we're the lively stones of that church, of that building that he's building. And, and Paul says the same truth in Ephesians 2. Listen to what he says about how important we are together as, as those lively stones, as those stones that make up the body of Christ. I'll read it to you for the sake of time, but Ephesians 2, and verse 19, Paul put the same truth that Peter's teaching us and he said this, now therefore... Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. He's talking about people who got saved by the grace of God. Amen. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. Didn't know what Peter told us? Paul tells us the same thing. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple, in whom also you're builded together. For an habitation of God through the Spirit. Notice that, that word in there. He said fitly framed together. It has the idea of a the process of putting things together just right. Right where they go. When I grew up, my dad had a, had a house. We called it the rock house by the river. because He lived right by a river and it was a rock house. Y'all get the name. We're real clever, aren't we? Amen. And, uh, and, and that rock house was interesting. I always loved that house. I mean, it was cold. There was nothing... Energy efficient about it, but but it was it was made out of not bricks but rocks, literal round river rock. Y'all seen houses like that, right? There's some churches built like that too, and they're beautiful. But you know, one of the things about that rock was every one of them was unique. Every one, I mean, there were big rocks in it. and Some of them were little small rocks, and some of them had that were big round rocks. Somebody say amen. And some of them were like flat and skinny and pointy rocks. And every one of the rocks in that house. We're, we're, we're different, and, and I didn't see it built, but I, I can only imagine that being a, the person who built, lays that kind of rock, and what they would do, they'd have to be, it's like putting together a puzzle. It's like, oh, I need a little skinny rock with a point here for this spot. Oh, we can use a big rock here, and, and they put each rock in exactly where it goes. That's the idea of what Jesus Christ is doing. He's fitly putting us together as lively stones as he builds his church. And listen, every one of us are different, are now, we can take the literal phrase of that and say every one of us have different shapes, right? Some of us are tall and short, and some of us are a little more round. Some of us a little more flat and pointy, whatever. But <laughs> we, we all are different. And, and, and certainly you could apply it that way. That's not really what he's saying. He's saying we're all different. He's giving us all different gifts. We're all, listen, some of us have talents. Some of us have abilities that others don't have. And God said, "Listen, I gave some this spiritual gift of, uh, of compassion. I gave some the spiritual gift of giving. I gave some the spiritual gift of preaching. I gave some of the teaching, some of exhorting. I gave you all the spiritual gifts you need. And the, although every stone's a little different, and none of us are, none of two of us are alike. Every one of us are important to the house of God, the church of the living God. And He takes them all and He fits them." jointly or fitly together, just right where they need to be. You said, why would you say all that? I'm saying, I'm saying this, you're important. Amen? You're important to the work of God. We've been fitly together. Every shape, every size, every ability. Listen, one brick can't hold up a whole building. Amen? And one Christian can't do the work of God. It takes us all together, doing together, fitting together. We're lively stones, and he's building his church, and we're the contents or the constituents of that Church, and, and so as we look at it, we see first of all this, simply this, what we, we call it our pattern, but notice secondly, write this down, our purity. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because as we've gone through First Peter, we've, we've hit the purity pretty hard. We, you notice the, the word holy as we continue to read. Verse 5 again, Ye as lively stones are build up a spiritual house and what's that next word? Holy, holy, he calls us holy. Can I just remind you quickly today, we're called to be holy as he's holy, amen? And we, again, we've examined that word pretty hard. That doesn't mean you got a third, third eyeball in the middle of your forehead. You don't have to be weird, amen? you just got to be holy. That means I live, I love Jesus Christ. He's, I love him more than anything else. He's my, that's my first love, and I won't leave my first love. And, and I walk with him, and I talk with him, and I pray to him, and I get my guidance from him because I love Jesus. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. That is the first and great commandment. And then we love others as ourselves. And, and so, that, listen, being holy means I've been in love with Jesus. It ain't about, did I dress with a three-poof suit or something? That don't make you holy. What makes you holy is what's on the inside. Amen. Is my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that'll eventually show up on the outside. Amen. Uh, I mean, you read about the maniac dairy, Guess what? He got right with God, and guess what? He put some clothes on. Amen. We'll just leave that there and go on. But, uh, but listen, holy. We're living in a day, listen to me carefully, we're going to study the seven churches we're studying. We're living in a day where the modern church is sacrificing holiness and purity, and it's sacrificing it for to for get a crowd, for popularity. Don't ever sacrifice purity for popularity, or you're on the wrong slope, amen. And praise God, but don't ever be weird about your purity either. There's a, there's a good balance there. And then we go on, we go on to this, our priesthood. A priesthood. I had to get to this. I've got, I got to teach this part uh, just a little bit. Look back at me, verse number five. The Bible says you are lively stone. Talking about us here, who we are. We're the constituents of the church. We're the contents of the church. And, and we, we follow our pattern and he puts us in our place. And, and, and we're, we're to be pure and holy as he is holy. We're to be separated. Not, not weird, but separated from the world. And then, then we have this, what he calls our priesthood. Read with me again verse five. He also has lively stones or built up a spiritual house. A holy, what's the next word? Priesthood. A priesthood. Look at verse number nine. Skip it down to there for me. He says, but you're a Joseph generation. A royal, what's the next word? Priesthood. So he calls us a holy priesthood. He calls us a, a, a royal priesthood. Twice in this one text, Peter tells us that we are priests. Now, remember, go back with me for just a moment. Our context, I keep looking at that clock like it's going to matter. I'm going to preach the whole message, amen, so I might as well quit looking at it. <laughs> but go back in our context. Who's he writing to here? Primarily, he's an apostle to the Jews, right? Primarily to Jewish believers who've come under persecution. Y'all remember all that way back when we first started this book? Uh, They've come under persecution, been scattered abroad, and, and are hiding. They're having a church, but usually they're hiding from the persecution that they're going through. And he's writing to them, and he's telling these Jewish believers... <laughs> you're a priest. Now that would throw their theological mind. Now we hear it today, we don't think much about it, do we? We get that truth, or some of us do. Some of us may be hearing it the first time. I want you to get it today. That's why I want to make sure I teach this part. Uh, listen, he's telling them, that he's on. Uh, you and I as believers, the day you got saved by the grace of God, the day you repented, put your, your belief in the gospel, that Jesus died for you, was buried, rose again for you, that day, not only did he save your soul, not only did he seal it for an eternity, but you became a priest. Be quiet on me. I got Bible for this. Amen. You became one. Isn't that good news? Uh, listen, right. that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about, by the way. Hold your spot there. Right. Well, show you. you don't, I don't think you believe it. Turned to the book of Hebrews with me. You said, where? All of it. <laughs> it's all through there. But go to Hebrews chapter 3. Look, I even put them in order for you today. I'm um, so nice. Amen. Y'all say, you're a nice preacher. Y'all say that while you're flipping. He's a nice preacher. Amen. Listen, I no longer have to go through a priesthood. This is why folks who believe that need to read their Bible. Amen. Because we just got to understand this truth today. Uh, we are priests. I no longer have to go to some man in a temple and confess my sins. By the way, I don't have to go to some preacher, Baptist preacher either. Amen. I don't have to go, as I always say, and I say this kindly, but it's kind of, kind of cute. I don't have to go to some guy that, uh, that, that calls himself a father dressed like a mother in a phone book. And I don't have to go to some Baptist preacher who looks like he ate way too much banana pudding and fried chicken either. Amen. Uh, I can go, you can go boldly to the throne of grace because you are a priesthood if you've been saved by the grace of God. Isn't that good news That Because we got a high priest, and it's no longer Aaron, that once a year could go in the, the Holy of Holies. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. We can come right through the blood of Jesus straight to the throne of God. Look with me. Hebrews chapter 3. and Get your Bible flipping fingers ready. We'll go fast because I don't have much time. Hebrews 3.1. Read this with me. The Bible tells us, wherefore, holy brethren, which brethren mean, save people, amen, I'll help you, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, who is it? It ain't Aaron anymore, amen, the priesthood is God, the temple's God, we are the temples of the living God, that's what your body is, you've been saved by grace. Listen, keep flipping with me, Hebrews chapter 7, y'all aren't going fast enough, we Gotta hurry up, don't blame me, if ain't. we don't get done time, I'm just kidding, Hebrews chapter 7, and verse number 26. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 26. Get these truths this morning. That's what this whole book of Hebrews is for. To show them the temple system is no longer needed. Jesus fulfilled it all. Hebrews chapter 7, did I say 6? Chapter 7, I said 6, amen? Chapter 7, verse 26. He says, for such a high priest became us, who is holy and harmless and undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests, talk about the Old Testament, to offer up sacrifice. For his own sins, for then the people's, that's what they had to do in the Old Testament. For this, talking about Jesus, he did once when he offered up himself. Can I just tell you, Jesus is sufficient, amen. He's our high priest. Keep flipping. Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 1. want you to get this, get this truth today. Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 1. We have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, Jesus Christ. One more, Hebrews chapter 9, with me, Hebrews chapter 9, and look at verse number 11. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 11. The Bible says this, but Christ, being come of a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. What's he comparing? All the Old Testament. He's telling Hebrews, the Jews, the, the nation of Israel. He's comparing the old temple system to the brand new covenant in the, in the day of grace. Amen. He said, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, talking about Jesus, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. How, how long did he get it for? Eternal. Lose my salvation, my hind leg. Amen. Verse 13. For if the blood of the bulls and goats and the ashes of the high hyper y'all, y'all say that for me. There's certain words I can't say. The cow, how about that? Uh, sprinkling, the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. Listen to verse 14. I love this. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible. How much more? If that worked, then how much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God and for this cause he is the mediator of the new testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions uh, that were under the first testament they which are are called mighty or called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance hey in the old testament the priesthood was of error we understand that and they had the temple system when jesus died on that cross That moment, the Bible says there was an earthquake and the veil in the temple was rent that separated the the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies. And now you and I, Hebrews chapter 4, can come boldly to the throne of grace. You and I are priests. Amen. Isn't that good news this morning? Hey, that means you don't have to bring your sins to me and confess them. I ain't anything I can do about them. I can pray for you. Amen. You give them to God. Amen. That means I don't go to some man in the phone booth. Anything he can do about it either. You take them directly to God. Listen, isn't that cool? You can go to the throne of grace because of what Jesus did. He's our high priest, and we are the priesthood. Praise God for that wonderful truth today. The priesthood of the believers. You are looking at St. James Michael Webb. Amen. You are. My Bible says so. Because I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. I'm looking at St. James Spence. Amen. Are you? Looking at St. Miss Vass. Amen. Looking at St. Sharon. Well, some they're working on still. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But But thank God. You've been saved by the grace of God. You are a believer priest and you can go boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to go through any man. Thank God for that. Revelation 1.6 And he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Thank God for the holy priesthood. The royal priesthood. We see our pattern and our purity and our priesthood. Notice our practice next. Look with me again. Verse 5. Verse 5. You said we're going all the way to 10. Y'all, y'all got to speed up. Amen. <laughs> he said, He also is lively stones. Or build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Look at what we're going to do. He told us who we are. Here's our positions, right? Now is our practice to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Our practice is to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Again, in the Old Testament, in comparison, they would, they would bring the sacrifices of the blood of the animals and that we no longer need that. He says, now, here's what we're to bring. Jesus' blood satisfied that forever. You and I now owe spiritual sacrifices. What are they? Y'all ready? Let's go quick. Uh, what are they? First of all, we're to sacrifice our body. We're to be a living sacrifice. That's what we're to do. In Romans chapter 12, verse number one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, the Bible, says. the Bible says, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Sacrifice our life, our bodies. Sacrifice this, our thanksgiving too. We're getting ready to come up in Thanksgiving. And it shouldn't be the only time we think about this. Psalm 50 verse 14 says, Offer unto God thanksgiving. And pay the vows unto the Most High. Psalm 107, verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. The Bible says that's a a sacrifice. That's a spiritual sacrifice. When you come to God and say, thank you, God. When you sing what they sang, I've been so blessed. Thank you, God. That is a spiritual sacrifice. That's exactly what that is. And we're to offer those. Listen, we're also to bring the sacrifices of praise. How many of you know that song? Amen. Do you know that song? We bring the sacrifice of praise. Until, y'all ain't going to let me sing. I'm going to sing on Monday. <laughs> unto the house of the Lord. Did y'all know that scripture? <laughs> That's not just words of a song. That's Jeremiah 17, verse 26. It says, bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We're supposed to be lively stones. Just, let's praise him a little bit. Hebrews 13 and verse 15 says, for by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. That's spiritual sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. How about this one, the sacrifice of giving? Oh, to get quiet now. <laughs> the sacrifice of giving. It certainly is a sacrifice. And the Bible says this in Philippians 4.18. Paul's writing, he's talking about, the, about what he had received from Epaphroditus. And he said, but I have all in abound. I am full, having received Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Talking back to the church there at Philippi. An odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Listen, when you give money to the local church to propagate the gospel and take care of the needs of the church, it's a sweet-smelling Savior unto God. When you go above and beyond that and you give some money towards missions, you support people just like Paul was, a missionary on the field, and he's thanking that church and Philippi for writing. He said, listen, it was a sweet smell, it was a sacrifice, and it was acceptable, and it was well-pleasing to God. You're never more well-pleasing to God than when you're sacrificing with, with your giving. With Jesus said it this way, Give and it shall be given unto you, and with good measure, and pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom with the same measure that you met with all it shall be measured unto you again, the sacrifice of our giving, but also the sacrifice of our service. Amen. Hey, we're we're to serve the Lord. Look with me back at verse number eight for just a moment. The Bible says this in a in and verse no, I'm sorry, I got one ahead. Of. Sacrifice of our service. Galatians five and thirteen says this. By love, y'all, y'all read it it's right, right back there. Serve first. By love, serve one another. Y'all see it on the wall? It's up here. They're kind of different. I didn't notice that. Told us now. Amen. Uh, but by love, we're to serve one another. We're to serve God. We could go on and go on and go on and go on and go on. Talk about the the sacrifice of love or the love one another. Sacrifice of of time. The sacrifice of our attention. The sacrifice of uh, of being in church service. And and there's so many sacrifices that we can make unto the Lord that are spiritual sacrifices that are well pleasing to Him. But there's one, I believe, that's above all of them. It's this one. The sacrifice of obedience. The sacrifice of obedience. Again, verse 8. Read with me there. Now I'm ready for it. The Bible says in the the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense.
1: Even if them which
0: stumble at the word being what? What's that next word? Disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. What's he saying? He's saying, listen. Yeah, I, the, the gospel and the, the message that, it's that, listen, the word of God sometimes and the truth contained therein causes the lost world to stumble. But listen, many times it also causes the believers to stumble. He said, where also that you were appointed, you are appointed as a believer, as one who's trusted in Jesus Christ as a lively stone to be obedient. So many times we live disobedient, it causes us to stumble at the word. Anytime our beliefs, we talked about this last week, but anytime our beliefs, our thoughts, and our feelings, our ways, and and listen, they don't match God's word and his thoughts and his ways, and then we are wrong. We're, we, anytime we live in disobedience to the plain text of the word of God, we are wrong, and this is, that our, we'll never build our spiritual house, it'll never be what God designed it to be, and when we're disobedient, we'll always be stumbling over that little stone, or that big stone that's in the corner, the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible says how important obedience is? Here's what Jesus said, John 14, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty simple, isn't it? How about John 14, verse 21? He that hath my my commandments and keepeth them is he that loveth me, Jesus said. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know what Samuel said? He said, Behold, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. And I tell you, the most important thing you could ever do for the Lord Jesus Christ The most important sacrifice you could ever make is laying aside my thoughts, my feelings, my ways, my own way, my own desires, my own my 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 anything's is mine. Amen. And just say, Jesus, I obey what you say. That's the greatest one we could ever give him is obedience, is obedience. And we're to bring the sacrifice of praise. Listen, that's our practice. That is our practice. But go on, we got to we got to keep going. We see our pattern, our priesthood, our our purity, our practice, but also our peculiarity. Look at look at this word with me. Verse number 9, we, we read sometimes these, these words and say, what in the world does that mean? But ye are a chosen generation, verse 9, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Notice next, a peculiar people. <laughs> we are some peculiar people, amen? Look around the people next to you. I see some peculiar people. No, it isn't what you think it means, amen? <laughs> we, we use that word today and we think, man, they're, they're weird. Right, you know what we think with peculiar, they're different. Uh, peculiar here simply means this. You are a unique purchased possession by the Most High God. Isn't that good news today? Listen, you've been saved by the grace of God. You turn and put your trust in Jesus Christ. You have, you have become His unique purchased possession. Did you hear me this morning? You are special to God. You're peculiar, and that's a compliment. Uh, look at the neighbor and tell them you're peculiar. You're, look at tell them. Look at your other neighbor and tell them they're peculiar. And you can mean it either way you want. Amen. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you're peculiar. You're special. You're unique. You're valuable. My wife loves antiques. And, and when you think about antiques, antiques are, are valuable. Why? Because they're worth a lot of money. Right? You're valuable. You're worth everything to Him. So much that He sent His Son to die for you and take your place. And praise God He didn't stay there. Did he got up on that third day to cure your people. So much so that He, he purchased you with His own blood. 1 Peter 1, 18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from, the, from the, your vain conversation received by tradition and from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you've been repentant and believe the gospel, you belong to him and he belongs to you. You're a peculiar person. That means you are unique and you are valuable. But lastly, let's look at this. Not only are we our peculiarity. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not keeping up. There you go. Some of y'all, some of y'all, I just threw y'all off. I couldn't take your notes, right? Just write what it says. I didn't get up there, but our purpose. Look at verse number 9 as we close. Why'd he do all this? Christ, the cornerstone, building up the spiritual building, the, the house of God, the living God, the church. He's, he's building the church and he's the cornerstone. And then we're the, we're the constituents. We're the construction contents, if you would. We're the little stones that He's foot, right in place, exactly where he wants them to use, the, the gifts that he's given us for his glory and his purpose. Why, why did he make us a priesthood so we could come boldly to the throne of grace? What is the purpose of life? How many of you heard that one Verse number 9. There it is. Read it with me. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. There you go. That's who we are. Now look at the end of the verse. Here's what we're supposed to be doing. Here's our purpose. That ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God
1: which had not obtained
0: mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Simply put, our purpose is to do two things. Number one, we're to worship and we're to glorify God personally. We're to worship and we're to glorify God personally. We're to to show forth the praise, amen. But Revelation 4 and verse 11 tells us this clearly. Our purpose in life. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure, not ours, not ours, no matter what the little curly ones say on TV, we weren't weren't created, uh, He didn't create us so we could have our pleasure. We were created for His pleasure. He said, you shouldn't call out somebody. I'll call out when it's false doctrine. Amen. We were created for... His pleasure, Revelation 4.11. That's why we were created. To worship and glorify Him personally. Let me just ask you this. How often do you spend time? I'm talking about personally now. We haven't got to the public yet. That's next. How much time do you spend worshiping God in your own spirit? We were created to glorify Him. To praise Him. We're missing the reason we were created. By the way, it's a whole lot easier to do that when you're a lively stone. Amen. When you're all dead, yeah, you ain't got much praise about. You remember what he's done to you. You got a whole lot to praise for you. You got a whole lot to praise. Purpose number one, to worship and glorify God personally. Write this down, purpose number two, and we'll close. That's a long one. I couldn't figure out how to write. So There you go. To live, to testify, and to tell others about God Publicly. So we're to worship and praise him personally. And then we're to live for him and testify and tell others about him publicly. Again, verse 9, the Bible says there in our text that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what show forth means? It means don't keep it to yourself. Go tell somebody else amen we're to demonstrate it by how we live listen so many times our lips and our life don't match and it's useless to tell somebody with your lips about jesus if you don't live in fact you usually offend them and push them away we got a word for that but the lost world knows it well what they call us you got it that's because lips and life aren't matching listen if your life isn't matching close the lips start glorifying him some your life will match <laughs> then open those lips because we got the greatest message ever. How that Christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day for our sins. And listen, it's the message that will save your soul if you will believe it. And we got it to tell others. You say, I don't understand. I don't think I could give all that scripture. Well, just tell them what he did in your life. Amen. Testify. Live for him so others can know about it. Jesus said this, Matthew five sixteen: Let your light so shine before the men that they may see your good works Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Or my Father which is in heaven. Listen, it's time for some Christians to be quit being scared. We're worried, too worried. We're so worried about what man thinks, and we quit worrying about what God thinks. There's no such thing as a, as a person who walks with God that is a Christian that hides in the closet. Amen. No such thing as a closet Christian. Not, not an obedient closet Christian. Because he said, go show forth. Go show forth. Go demonstrate. Go tell them about the marvelous light and the darkness that I brought you out of. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you should have that testimony. If you don't have that testimony, you can have one today. Because he'll pull you out of that darkness and put you right into that marvelous light. If you're truly saved, you won't mind telling others. My Bible still says in Psalm 107, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." My Bible still says, and listen, you can't divorce this out of the Bible. I don't know if I fully understand all of this particular verse, but Jesus did say this, and if he said it, it's truth, amen? He said, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him I will confess before the Father which is in heaven. He said, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him shall also deny before my Father which is in heaven. It's still in the King James, I just read it, Amen. He says, go forth and listen and show forth the praises, testify me, tell them what they did, done, listen, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Confess him in front of the world, and he said, I'll confess you in front of my Father. Go forth. Go forth. That's what he says. Listen, our purpose is to worship and glorify God personally. We've made that like a we can do it corporately, I understand that, but. You get the context of the Bible, it's usually you and him when it comes to worship. And then we're to testify publicly about it. That's our purpose. How are you doing on your purpose? We're the constituents. Our pattern, our purity, our priesthood, our our, our practice, our peculiarity, and our purpose. Let's be about the purpose of God. Father, we thank you. For the word of God this morning. And we thank you Lord. That you're building this thing. That the word of God calls the church. We're thankful that it's not. Lord that you are the cornerstone. And Lord if you're not. It's not a church. But Lord where you are. The chief cornerstone. It's a church. And then Lord you want to use little stones like us. Of all shapes, sizes, abilities, gifts. To build up your house your glory. Thank you, Lord, as this lively stones, Lord, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We are a priesthood ourselves. Thank you for making that possible through the shed blood of Jesus. But Lord, with that comes responsibilities. Lord, we're to offer you sacrifices. Sacrifices, Lord, of praise, of our, of our very lives, of giving, of service, and of obedience. And Lord, we're also He gave us our purpose to glorify you. You deserve all glory, honor, and praise. We say it, but Lord, you really deserve it. And Lord, we're to show forth the works unto this dark and dying world. Tell them what you've done in our lives and tell them what you want to do in their lives. Lord, that's our call. That's our purpose. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your church. Have your will and way in this invitation. Christ's name. Amen. If you'd stand, every head bowed, eyes closed all over the room. How many of you are thankful this morning, you can just show it by the raising of uplifted hands, that you get to be part of his church? How many of you are thankful for that?
1: How many of you are thankful that
0: uh, you are a peculiar person? Maybe you weren't beforehand, but now you are. You a uniquely purchased possession. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you are willing to give the sacrifice of praise? How many of you are willing this morning to to put into practice the sacrifice of thanksgiving, service, and giving and ultimately obedience? How many of you are fulfilling your purpose? To glorify God personally to testify of them publicly. If I ask that question, and I asked you this question this morning, how many of you would just say, and you can just be honest, it's up to you, God knows anyway, right? If I asked you a question, how many of you honestly did not hand out one tract or talk to one person this week about Jesus? How many would just say that's me? Many hands going up. I'm not saying that to embarrass you and call you out. But shame on us, too. That's what he saved us for. How many of you would just be honest and say, I didn't have one time this week where I spent time with God and glorified him alone personally? How many of you would just say that's true for me? Several hands. Anybody else? Amen. Not calling you out. I'm embarrassing. Listen, we've all had times like that. You're not fulfilling the purpose. Make today a commitment. If you haven't handed out a track or told somebody about Jesus, say Listen, that's last week, Lord. I repent of that. I'm turned. This week, Lord, I'm going to hand somebody a track. This week, Lord, I'm going to tell somebody what Jesus did in my life. How many would make that commitment? This week, I'm going to do it. One or the other. I'm going to hand somebody a track. I may hand it and run. It don't matter. I may put it under windshield wipers. But I'm going to give it to somebody this week. They're getting a track. I may shove it in a beer case. Somebody say amen there and food line. But they're going. To, somebody getting a track this week, and it's going to be because I did it. How many would just say that? Maybe' go even a little further, this is more of a challenge and say, "This week, I am going to tell somebody what Jesus did in my life." I maybe would say, "I'll commit to that. I'll do that this week. Many hands. I pray you'll keep that commitment because it's our purpose. It's our purpose to glorify Him and to tell others about Him. If you're here today and we went through all this and we were preaching to the church today. But you couldn't honestly answer this question if you died today that heaven would be your home. Can I tell you? You can know that before you leave today. Jesus loves you. He loved you so much, even in your sinful state. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he sent his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to willingly lay his life down on Calvary's cross. He died there on that cross as he shed his blood. They buried him. And on the third and that appointed day, just like he said he would, he got up from the grave. And if you would believe that message and you would change your mind about and agree with God that you're a sinner and change your mind and agree with God that he is the only way to heaven and that through Jesus Christ, that he died for you, was buried and rose again for you, he would save your soul this very morning. And everything I just told you about the wonderful privileges of being part of the church could be true for you you. I just wonder for somebody here that would just be honest and say, I don't have that assurance. I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. I've never repented and believed the gospel. I just wonder, I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you. I just wonder for somebody like that right now. Just hold your hand up. Preacher. Well, if you tell me how, I'd sure would love to know. I'd love to get that settled. Anybody like that in the room? I'm scouring the room. You just put it up, put it back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do that. Because you can know. He does love you. My Bible still says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Don't leave this place without having your eternity settled. Believers, let's get back to our purpose. To worship and glorify God personally and to testify and live for him publicly. As we sing, whatever your needs are, this offers us.
1: Without him, I'd surely fail. Without Him,
0: I'd Many of you I made a commitment to the Lord this morning that this week like you'd, you'd glorify Him. You'd have some time where you would carve out of our busy schedules to just praise Him personally. Jesus many of you made a commitment that you would—and it wasn't to me; it was to God. But this week, by golly, you're going to hand somebody a draft. But this week, by golly, you're going to tell somebody what Jesus has done in your life and how good he is. I
1: commend you for that. Remember, you made that commitment to God, not to me. Let's fulfill
0: our purpose this week. Let's fulfill it every part. Without
1: him, I would be dying. Without him, I'd be enslaved. Without him, life would be hopeless. But with Jesus, Thank God I am saved. Amen. Somebody say, Amen. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Do you know him today? Do not turn him away. How many of you are thankful for Jesus
0: this morning? How many of you think will be a part of what He's doing? Isn't that wonderful to think of this morning? Praise God that we have that privilege to be a part of that. I'll ask my brother Stephen Dalton if he'd close us in prayer before he does. Reminder: Those of you who want to stay, listen. There's food. I was told there's food for quite a few back there. So come, come back here and eat. If you done burn it in the crock pot, because we ran longer today with all the special stuff going on. Hey, eat before you go. Amen. Then give, give it, it to it. the dogs. If they you don't want, want to give it to yours, bring it. And I'll, give it I'll give it to you. mine. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank, thank you for, for being here. here. Uh, just, just thank, thank you. I uh, thank, thank the Lord, Lord today.